Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're coming into the Christmas season. And so in December, we're going to start a new series around the Christmas carols. We're going to preach out of the Christmas carols. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But we have this two-week period where we're going to do a mini-series. And because we're in the Thanksgiving season, then we're going to do a mini-series called Thankful. Thankful. See what I did there? Thankful. We want people to be a people that are full, F-U-L-L, full of thanks, full of thanksgiving. Amen. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 100 and verse 4. It's a classic portion of Scripture. I love it dearly. And it simply says this, Enter His gates with thanksgiving in His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. I love that Scripture for a couple of reasons. One, because of the power of it. Two, because it brings back an incredible memory of my childhood when we used to sing the old choruses. Remember that? I know there are some of you out there that are old enough at least my age and older, that remember singing these words to a tune. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. Ho! He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for He has made me Now, just the ladies. Remember that. We did that. We did that. We did that. I told our kids, I said, kids, You have two things to be very grateful for. One, Jesus, and two, we don't sing those songs anymore. (laughs) My goodness me. But nonetheless, that may have been a cheesy little tune, but the words are powerful nonetheless. And just by way of introduction, I want to say a few things about Thanksgiving. And the first one is simply this, that Thanksgiving, according to this portion of Scripture, is a command. Everyone say, command. It's a command. It says, enter His gates with thanksgiving. In other words, this is not a suggestion. It doesn't say, hey, um, if you feel up to it, it'd be really great if you could come to church and maybe just maybe thank God. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, hey, if you're really not feeling like it, you know, don't bother coming. No, no, it's saying that no matter how you feel, even if you're hurting, even if you're broken, I want you to enter God's house with thanksgiving in your heart. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. In other words, God wants us to be a thankful people. And He wants us to be thankful, not just as a season, but as a lifestyle. I know it's Thanksgiving season, but Thanksgiving is not a season. Thanksgiving should be something that we embrace as a lifestyle. And I firmly believe with all my heart, one of the missing ingredients in many people's lives is thanksgiving. And Christians are guilty of this too. We go to God with our ask. We go to God with our plead. We go to God with our beg. We go to God with our moan. We go to God with our whinge. We go to God with our complaint. But seldom, if we're honest with ourselves, do we go to God with thanksgiving in our hearts. 
I believe it's a missing ingredient in our lives. And not just in our relationship with God, but if we're honest, maybe, just maybe, in our relationships with people. You know, I don't know about you parents, but when your kids go, hey, Dad, can I have the car? Hey, Dad, can I have some money? Hey, Dad, we haven't got this. Hey, Dad, I need this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 stop. Wouldn't it be great? Just you have a bedroom. Say thank you. And I'm sure that which resonates within us as parents resonates in the heart of God. And I believe that God wants us to be a people that have thanksgiving, not as a suggestion, not as a seasonal thing, but as a command, something that we do. Secondly, thanksgiving is a priority. It's something that we must do first. Not something is attacked on afterthought. After we ask and beg and plead and whinge and complain and main, then we say, oh yeah, by the way, thank you. It's not that. It's something that we do first. We value thanksgiving as a church. In our staff meetings, in our leaders' meetings, we don't have any meeting without starting with what we call praise reports. Why? Because it is good theology. According to Psalm 100, we should come into our meetings with thanksgiving in our heart. Now, when you're in a position of leadership like I am, you can't avoid problems. You can't avoid situations. You can't avoid issues. And we have lots of issues and problems and situations to deal with. And all of that can be taxing on your heart over a period of time. But we choose to highlight the good things that God is doing first. And so before we get down to business, before we get down to all the bad, the ugly, and all the other things that take place, and there's always that. Wherever there are people, there is good, bad, and ugly. Do you know that? But the Bible says to hold on to the good. And so we start with praise reports and we, and we hear from Dan and all the great things that are happening in youth and we celebrate that. And we hear from our interns and some of the great things that they are learning and some of the great things that they are experiencing and we celebrate that. Now, all those issues are still there, but I tell you, it puts those things in its rightful place. Thanksgiving is a priority. And number three, Thanksgiving is an entry point. It opens the door to the heart of God. And dare I say, it opens the door to the heart of others. You know yourself. If someone appreciates what you've already given them, you are more open to them in the future. Wouldn't that be fair to say? In actual fact, Psalm 100, according to the message version, says this, enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank Him and worship Him. Isn't that awesome? So thanksgiving is a command, thanksgiving is a priority, and thanksgiving is an entry point. It opens doors to us. It opens the door to God's heart and opens the door to the heart of other people that we are in relationship with. Today, what I want to talk to you about is simply this, the power of thanksgiving. Next week, Kathy's going to be talking about the practice of thanksgiving, some of the practical things to do when it comes to our thanksgiving. But this morning, as a foundation, I want to highlight the incredible power of thanksgiving. Why? Because I believe that when it comes to thanksgiving, that we have diluted it down to nothing more than just good manners. I remember as a kid growing up, my mum and dad teaching me to use my magic words, please and thank you. 
And as a parent, I did the same thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I wanted our kids to say thank you. I wanted them to be polite. In actual fact, it was one of the rainbow 10 commandments. Thou shalt use their manners. And we used God words. We didn't call them magic words. We called them God words. And I wanted them to say please. And if they asked for something without saying please, I would say, what's your God words? I need you to use your God words. Because they're not magic words to me. They were God words. And so unless they said the God words, I wasn't listening to them. And unless they said thank you, then uh, I wasn't listening to them. Are you with me today? Unfortunately, though, as good as that is and as true as that is, I believe we've simplified it down to nothing more than just a way to raise kids, to get them to be polite and have good manners. But I believe there's a greater power to thanksgiving. There's more to thanksgiving than just it being a magic word. Thanksgiving is far more powerful than that. Can I have someone on the front row who's got a phone on them? Jess, can I just quickly, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is what we call a phone, yeah? And as a phone, it can do exactly what I've said. It can make phone calls. But this is not just any old phone. This is a smartphone. And it means it can do much, much more than just make calls. And maybe this is a word for some of you who are 50 and over. Uh, Your phone can actually make more than just phone calls. It's more powerful than that. You know, you can get on social media and the internet through this device. You can take notes like Jesse's. That's really sweet what you've written about me. Tony is my favourite pastor in the whole world. That's amazing. Benno's just sent you a message. And you've got a lovely photo of Ben, which you've got a little note here. Remind me to replace it with my favourite pastor, but that's fine. (laughs) Chloe sent something. Daniel Smith is saying, hi, church. (laughs) It's an amazing device. It's just that if you want to keep coming, I'll keep going. But some of you are like, some of you are like, wow, I didn't know my phone could do that because we've limited our phones to making phone calls. What a waste of a phone. Imagine that, a phone that just makes phone calls. Hey, newsflash, we're not in the 80s anymore. There was a time a phone just made a phone call. But they're so powerful. And there's much, much more than just making phone calls. Thanks, Jess. Let's put our hands together for Jess. Let's not dilute Thanksgiving down to just manners or just being polite. And so today, I want to highlight three powerful outcomes that take place when we are thankful. How's that sound? Because thankfulness is more than manners and it's very, very powerful. And the first thing is this, that when you are thankful, it guards your heart. It guards your heart. And when I say heart, I'm talking about our spirit. I'm talking about the real us. I'm talking about that inner man of the heart. It guards our heart. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, which also is another old chorus. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, love it. Again, young people, you have lots to be thankful for, yeah? (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let the gentleness, sorry, let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's an amazing portion of Scripture to me. Paul says, be thankful. That's the instruction. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will be your portion, outcome. If I said to you, who wants the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, to be your portion in the midst of exams, in the midst of the lead up to Christmas, in the midst of the busyness of your world and your week, in the midst of the problems that you face, who would, who would want peace of God, which transcends all understanding? Can you imagine going into that business meeting with a peace, going to exams with a peace, having that crucial conversation with that employee with a peace of God, which transcends all understanding? Who would want that? I would, and I do. Well, the Bible tells us how we can get it. And it says, if you will come with thanksgiving and then the peace of God can be your portion. Because thanksgiving guards our heart. We are unfortunately people that just like outcomes. We don't like instructions. If I said to you with us just being a few weeks out from summer, who would like to get trim, taut and terrific for summer? Who would like their summer bod? In replace of their dad bod, many people would say, yes, we want that outcome. And I'm going to say, you can have it. Every one of you can have it. Here's the instruction. Watch what you put in your mouth and do a little bit of physical activity. Instruction for outcome. Paul is saying, instruction, be thankful. Outcome, result, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will be your portion in abundance, pressed down, shaken together. Thanksgiving protects our hearts. And without thankfulness, we end up anxious, depressed and entitled. You know, as I get older, I don't want to be that guy that says, when I was younger, it was better back then. I don't want to ever want to be that guy. I didn't like it when I was younger and I don't want to be part of the problem now that I'm older. I don't want to be that guy. But I think I can categorically say that with every generation, there are certain problems that need to be identified. And one of the biggest problems I see amongst younger people today is the spirit of entitlement. They want everything and they want it now and they feel that they deserve it and that they're entitled to it. When we got married and we got into our new home, you know, we didn't uh, want furniture. We were just happy to have a home. But now you get married, you have the new home, you have the new lounge, you have the new television, you have new everything. Because we feel entitled. That's what I deserve. And I think these are some of the outcomes of a generation that haven't lived necessarily in what I'm talking about today. And every generation has had its problems with a lack of thanksgiving in their lives. Because depression, anxiety, entitlement are just a few of those things. I deserve. It's not fair. They have more than me. And we need a daily reminder of just how blessed we are. I've shared this many times before, but when our kids were growing up, we just recited this verse, this line, and this thought over them 
over and over and over again until it became a mantra for their life. And I would get them to repeat it. And if they didn't repeat it with a passion and a conviction, I'd get them to repeat it again. That I'm blessed by God to be a blessing to others. Now say, you say it and you say it like you mean it. I'm blessed by God to be a blessing to others. And when I sensed entitlement creeping in or depression creeping in or poor old me creeping in, I'd say, hey, stop it. Listen to me. I'm blessed by God to be a blessing to others. Now say it like you mean it. I'm blessed by God to be. No, 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 no. Come on, say it like you mean it. You're blessed by God. Not to be selfish, but to be a blessing to others. Stop your moaning. Stop your whinging. Stop your complaining. You're a rainbow and you're better than that. You're blessed by God to be a blessing to others. You're not poor. You ain't old and you're not a thing. You're not a poor old thing. Don't let people put that on you. You're blessed by God to be a blessing to others. We need a daily reminder of just how blessed we are. Ashari, can you quickly come up here and just give me a hand? That would be fantastic. Just to highlight a point. If you can just hold this little sign. This little sign represents many of the problems that we face in life. Not that there's anything wrong with them in and of themselves. We all have needs. We all have wants. We all have worries and things that concern us. But this whole series about the soul has been about helping us overcome those feelings, those thoughts, those worries, those fears, those desires, so that we're not led astray. But without thanksgiving, we're just like a moth to the light. We just can't stay away from them. And so we need to put thanksgiving in place. Ash, come up here. That would be fantastic. This is what thanksgiving does. When we put thanksgiving in between us and our needs, our wants and our worries, when we put thanksgiving there, what it does, it guards our heart. It stops us focusing on those things. It stops the pull of those things being as great as they are without thanksgiving. And it guards our heart. You can't do life. You can't do marriage. You can't do family. You can't do church without your heart being exposed to the good, the bad and the ugly. You can't do life without seeing others having more than you, others being more blessed than you. You can't do life without being exposed to that. And so what we need to do is put a guard around our heart. And what thanksgiving does, it guards our heart against the things that aren't going away anytime soon soon. And without us guarding our heart, we'll become cynical, critical and bitter. And I'm convinced that there's much uh, backsliding, there's much church movement, there's much uh, uh, of just giving up and giving in around this issue, that we have not put things in place that have helped guard our heart. And so when someone says to me, oh, I've been hurt by the church, I'm saying, join the club. Who hasn't? We all have. We've all been hurt. Why? Because people are there. Oh, I've got so many needs. Hey, welcome to the club. We've all got needs. I've got needs. Oh, I'm so worried about this. I'm so concerned about that. Hey, we've all got concerns. Welcome to the club. Those things aren't going away. Those things are not going away anytime soon. But what we need to do is put something in place that can guard our heart. And the Bible tells us that it's thanksgiving that guards our heart. And when we put thanksgiving in between us and our needs, our wants, our worries, our fears, etc., 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 we find that we have peace. Let's put our hands together for these incredible volunteers. See, the enemy wants us to forget all about the goodness of God. And when we do that, we're exposed to the whims of our worries, the whims of our wants, and the whims of our needs. 
And probably the best indicator that we have to locate where we're at is our mouth. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And my question would be to you, would be this. When's the last time you stopped to thank God for anything? And if it's a while, that needs to change. And if it's sometime recent, I would say, how regularly do you do that by comparison to other things that you say? Our mouth is an indicator of where our heart is. If all we're talking about is what they've got, what they've done, what they have, then that's an indicator of where we're at. And we have to shift that by starting to give thanks to God. The first thing that thanksgiving does is guards our heart. Secondly, it aligns our soul. Thanksgiving gets our soul into alignment. Have you ever been in a car that needs a wheel alignment? It becomes harder to drive. It's very shaky and it's difficult to control. And what you need to do at that moment is either continue on under the stress and duration of things being hard to control and shaky. And many people do their lives like that, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And if you're driving your car and that's the case, I would say to you, stop driving and take it to a mechanic where they can put it on a hoist and you can get your wheels aligned. And if that is true for a car, how much more for us and our soul? And what Thanksgiving does, it aligns our spirit with our soul. It aligns our soul when our soul is causing us to shake, when our, uh, our soul is causing us to get out of control. I shared on Sunday night, as part of our Holy Spirit series, the fact that I saw this film when I was a young kid called Zulu. And Zulu culminates with this battle uh, scene where all these six foot plus Zulu warriors are running at this little British outpost. There's a handful of British soldiers in their red jackets. And obviously, as you can imagine, they're shaking because they feel like they're losing control. Their lives are on the line. And at that moment, it took someone to stand up and to settle the situation and defuse the situation. And I'll never forget the general in the film standing up and saying, steady, lads, steady. And thanksgiving does that for our soul. But I need it. I don't know if I'll cope without the latest iPhone. Steady, lads. Father, we thank you for the phone that we have. Steady, lads. That's what thanksgiving does. And it brings us peace. And we start appreciating what we have instead of desiring all the things that we don't have. Because new phones are going to come out all the time. That's not going to stop. And if the only way that you can bring peace to a new phone coming out is buying a new phone, you're in trouble. And so Thanksgiving will stop us and help us and keep our soul in line with our spirit. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Probably the number one question I get asked as a pastor and have been over many, many years is this. What's the will of God for my life? Or how do I find the will of God for my life? And I would say it's really quite simple because the Bible tells us what the will of God is. 
And here it says, if you will come to God with thanksgiving, you will be in the will of God. So if you want to know the will of God for your life, just start giving thanks. And the moment you give thanks, you'll come into line with the will of God. See, when it comes to the will of God, there's the known will of God. And then there's the unknown will of God. And when people come to me and ask for the will of God for their lives, what they're really asking is what's the unknown? And they want me to get my crystal ball out and tell their future. And that's not Christianity, that's witchcraft. I would say this, if you want to know the unknown will of God for your life, then be obedient to the known will of God for your life. Because again, as a parent, I don't want to give more to my children if they haven't been obedient to what I've already given them. Are you following me? And so they have certain instruction, they have certain jobs to do, and they know that's what I want them to do. And if they don't do what they know that I want them to do, like pick up the dog poo, put out the bin, empty the dishwasher, he says, that's all good, Dad, yeah, but what about when, what about when I'm older? What am I going to do when I'm older? No, no, you won't make older unless you do this. <laughs> you want to see older? Then pick up the poo, take out the bin, empty the dishwasher, keep your room tidy. Yeah. That's the known will. My kids know that about me. They know that that's what I want. And all the unknown things, the surprises I bring along the way, uh, they become the unknown will. They're the things that they come into out of obedience of the known will. You can't expect to know the unknown will of God if you are not living in the known will of God. And one of those aspects of the known will of God is thanksgiving. We know that going to church is part of the will of God for your life. We know that forgiving your enemies is the known will of God for your life. But I want to know what God's called me to do. Have you forgiven that person? No, 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 yeah, I, know, I know I've got to do that, but tell me what I don't know. No, no, I need you to obey what you know before I can tell you what you don't know. Is this making sense? Fantastic. Um, see, God doesn't just want polite kids. God wants us to speak His language. Kath and I have had the privilege, as have, as have our kids, of travelling much of the globe and and one of the fun things to do is to go to a nation that doesn't speak English as their first language. And we always pride ourselves on picking up a few words of the particular language in that particular country. It's just a fun thing we do, and I'm sure many of you have done the same thing. And I'll never get one particular time I went to France, and France was pretty cool because we got to say we a lot. <laughs> Which I kind of think is funny. It's we, ha, poo, ha, you know, just like... So we kind of played that little game. But I'll never get this one time. Kath and I were in this uh, cab... And we're driving along at a fairly high speed. And this guy just pulls out. And I could tell that the cab driver was really annoyed. And I thought, this is my moment. Because I learned a few words, but only a few words. And, and with my best French accent, and with all the hand motion I could muster, I went, oh, imbecile. Ha, ha, ha. Cab driver loved it. I was speaking the language of that nation and it brought a smile to his face. So good, it felt so good. Do you know what the language of heaven is? It's thanksgiving. You want to bring a smile to the Father's face? 
You've got to speak His language. And His language is thanksgiving. Come into His presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. The language of heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I thank your Holy Spirit that you never leave me, that you're with me, leading me, guiding me into all truth. I thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus, for just laying down your life and dying for me. Oh my gosh, me, not just them, but me. Thank you so much that you died for me. I'm so grateful for that. And I sense the Father smiling. Oh, oh, Jesus, I just, you know. (laughs) And when we speak the language of heaven, what it does, it brings our soul into line. That's what happens. And when our soul shouting, I want, our soul says, steady lads, we have. And this is the power of thanksgiving. And my last point is simply number three. It enlarges our faith. It guards our heart. It aligns our soul. And it enlarges our faith. In Psalm 69, verse 30, it says, I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify Him with thanksgiving. What does thanksgiving do? It magnifies God. You know, many of us grew up in schools with a thing called a magnifying glass. And a magnifying glass is simply an instrument that enlarges an object. And so if I look through this glass right now, it's enlarging my notes. The interesting thing is that my notes actually aren't getting any bigger. They're remaining the same size. But to me, in my view, they're getting bigger. And that's what the Bible says Thanksgiving does. It magnifies God. To all you theologians out there, Andrew Kay and the rest, you'd say, no, God can't get any bigger. And you'd be right. But God can get bigger to us. We can't make God bigger, but God can become bigger in our thinking. God can become bigger in our speaking. He can become bigger to us. And what I've noticed about a magnifying glass is whatever you focus on, that's what gets enlarged. And so if you want to focus on your problems, guess what's going to get bigger? And the moment your problems get bigger, God gets smaller. Not that He gets smaller, Andrew Kay, but in our thinking He does. And we say, oh yeah, but this is a big problem. And yeah, God, but He can't do that. But if we just focus and magnify God, then we realise that we have a big God. What we focus on gets magnified. When we focus on God, He gets bigger. It's impossible to make God bigger, but He can become bigger to us. He gets bigger in our lives when we begin to give Him thanks and celebrate what He's done. Thanksgiving reminds us how big, how huge, how massive, how awesome and how good God is. Thanksgiving says God has been good. Thanksgiving says God is good. And Thanksgiving says God will continue and forever be good. He was good, is good, and will be good. He is good and He is God. He is good and He is God. You see, with no thankfulness in our lives, what we experience of a blessing of yesterday becomes nothing more than a single note. Kathy, can you just come and help me illustrate this point very quickly and just give us a note on the keyboard That'd be appreciated. Let's do that again. 
See, I, I think our lives are like that. God does something good. Doom. And then he might do something else that is good. But what thanksgiving does, it takes that moment where God did something good and it sustains the moment into our present and into the future. See, all of us have experienced the goodness of God, but many of us have only ever experienced it as a single note and we've forgotten it. But what thanksgiving does, it's like a sustaining pedal on the good things that God has done. And it carries a past event into the present and into the future. And when we recognise what God has done in the past and we start thanking God for what He's done in the past, we're bringing into our future. Can you see that? And that's what Thanksgiving does. It takes a past event and brings it into the present and brings it into our future. That's the power of thanksgiving. So let's say, Lord, I remember all those years ago when we tried to find a new building and we copped a massive amount of opposition from the traders, the council and the neighbours of our surrounding church building. And I remember crying out to you to give us a property that we can continue to build your church. And I remember walking into this building for the very first time and you speaking to me. And I remember, dear God, the way we were able to rally the troops and and, and the hard work that was put into making this church what it is today. I thank you for that, God. I thank you, Lord, for all the funny stories that came during that building process. I thank you, Lord. Never forget the very first service we had in here. It was in June, the very first weekend of July, sorry. And there was no carpet and it was freezing cold. And we walked in with our Wellington boots and our big jackets. Oh God, you're so good. Never forget that. That was seven or eight years ago now, but I'm living with it as if it's now. And right here, right now. And then I think, my gosh, if you did that all those years ago, how much more will you do into the future? What am I doing? Thanksgiving is just sustaining a past event, but I'm living with it as a here and now. I'm not going to allow these moments in my past to rob me. And I'm telling you, every one of you in this room today has so much to thank God for. The trouble is you've forgotten it. You've allowed the enemy to rob you of the great things that God has done for you. I remember crying out as a teenager saying, God, I don't want to waste time with a lot of girlfriends. I'm a good looking guy and there's a lot of interest right now. I said, I I want to find the right girl. I don't want to waste time. Can you show me a girl? I'm telling you, I'm at roller skating. It was a bold prayer to pray when you're so young. But I've just seen people do the boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, break up. I don't want that. I don't want my life being chewed up with on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again. Come on, I don't want that, Lord. There's got to be a girl up there that's right for me. And I'll never forget meeting this girl at roller skating. I just fell in love with her. She wasn't even a Christian. So you sure, Lord? God's are you going to lead her or not? 
I'm so grateful for that. Dated for a long period of time, been married for 25 years, coming up for our 26th year. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. So grateful. I'm so grateful. Grateful for our three kids. I'm grateful. So grateful. I'm so grateful that we didn't abort our child, Mitch. I'm so grateful I didn't listen to the doctors. I'm so grateful. God, I'm so glad at that moment you held my soul. I never forget the night when Kath and I had to make a decision about whether we abort this unborn child because of all the problems that the doctors are finding. And in tears in bed, we said, God, we're not you and nor are the doctors. I said, they may be right, but I know that you are good. And I don't know how this child is going to turn out. I don't know what the complications are, but I know you're good. And I know that your grace will be sufficient for me. And if I have to push this kid around in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, I will do it because you are good and you will grace me to do it. I'm not going to deny the goodness of our God. I remember that. I remember that. The fact that Mitchie's turned out such, so incredibly. It's just, a, just wow, God. God, you're so good. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But I know this. Every one of you has gone through something really, really bad. Every one of us. But also, every one of us has gone through something that's really, really good. And right now, all you got to do is make a choice. What are you going to focus on? Because what you focus on is going to determine how you live. You can't take away that bad experience. It's there. But you can't deny the good. It's there. What are you going to focus on? You've been betrayed, so have I. You've been let down, so have I. We all have. Welcome to the club. We are all president of that club. What are you going to focus on? It's a choice. And we have a choice right here, right now, to focus on the goodness of God. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 